Hey, 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 folks, we got an exciting episode for you today, especially if you like fun with math, because today's special guest, Mr. Michael Matthew, is a big treat for many reasons. Number one, he's a real estate investor. That's always cool. That's who we like to talk with. Number two, he's also a numbers guy. In fact, he's a CPA and a CA. For those of us that know what those initials stand for, it means, you know, accounting stuff. Now, that's kind of dull for most of us, but it's going to be exciting today because Michael's going to be walking us through how Canadians can effectively invest in the United States on several levels. Number one, without getting whacked overly with taxes. Of course, we have to pay taxes, but we don't want to be paying double taxation. And number two, talking about his understanding of how best for us to get set up with corporate structures and whatnot to invest safely and effectively in the United States. So, Michael, great to have you on the show. Nice to see you. Hello, Dave. Great to be with you. I just going to say there's a lot of interest in real estate investing, so I hope to address some of your audience's issues so they know how they'll be able to advance their real estate career. Well, that's what it's all about, my friend. And yeah, everybody listening to this is a fellow real estate weirdo, as I lovingly call us all, into real estate investing. A lot of Canadians, a lot of Canadians who are thinking about investing south of the border. So let's start back with a little bit of history, if you don't mind, Michael. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into real estate investing and how you got kind of focused around helping fellow Canucks invest more effectively in the United States. Sure. I've been a professional accountant for more than 30 years. My international practice has increasingly focused on real estate and real estate investors. I'm also the CFO for a home builder. And that's really started when I started going to real estate conferences in the US. And there was a very small group of Canadians there. So mm -hmm. naturally, we stuck together. Yeah. So and what whenabouts was that, Michael? Give me an idea. Los Angeles. No, whenabouts. When, oh, when? when? 2010. 2010. All right. So that's at this point about 13 years ago. Okay. And you started seeing more and more interest by Canadians to invest in the States, but less and less knowledge of exactly how to do that. And I, I can tell you, my friend, especially around that time, yeah, I have a number of acquaintances who wanted to get started in the States, but just had nothing but troubles getting things set up properly as Canadians to effectively invest in the States and number one, cover their butts from liability and whatnot and getting their butt suit off. And number two, not getting a very unpleasant surprise and getting whacked twice for taxes. Right. And that's definitely a major concern. And it, frankly, it's one of my number one questions I get is how do I deal with taxes? How do I set things up? And I quickly realized I could best contribute to the whole process by helping my fellow investors with that, because most of them are either scared of taxes well, or who is who isn't or Canadians for crying out loud, everybody's scared of taxes. Or they don't deal with it well and they know they don't deal with it well or they hate dealing with it. But it's or, or all of the above. Or all of the above. <laughs> it's something I do every day to get a call from the tax authority. CRA is not something that I panic about. But I should hope not, man. You're you're, <laughs> the, you're the guy that's supposed to keep a level head under that situation. All right. Well, let, let's kind of let's dive into some practical stuff here for folks, Michael. So let's start with 
I've actually interviewed a few Canadians who bought their first property or two in the States in their own personal name, and they haven't set up LLC or a corporate entity to do that in. What are your thoughts about that? Should we be doing, if we want to invest in the States, should we have an LLC or some sort of corporate entity? What's your take on that? That's a great question, Dave. And I have found that it's an area of a lot of confusion. When I was initially talking to my fellow investors about how they set things up, I realized it came down to one of two things. They did it the way the first person they spoke to did it, mm-hmm. or they did it the way the last person they spoke to did it. <laughs> <laughs> or or they did it the way the guru, that they're the American guru they're following said they should based on what Americans are doing. And I've seen that kind of bite people in the butt. I don't know if well, that's actually made me many, many thousands of dollars trying to deal with that because Canadians were sold great structures that just weren't for them. That's what it came down to. Great structures for Americans, not great structures for Canadians investing in American real estate. And certainly not great structures for Canadians investing at a small scale. They were mm. given the Cadillac solution when they just needed the smart car solution, (laughs) if I can put it that way. Okay, well, why don't we start there? Let's start with the smart car solution and kind of outline what that looks like. My basic philosophy is your structure should only be as complicated as as is necessary. And if you're just investing in the U.S. because you want to have a vacation home, Florida, very popular for at least us East Coast Canadians, You don't need to have some complicated multi-corporate structure. However, if you're going to do almost anything, if you're going to buy and fix and flip houses, if you're going to build and sell, which quite a few of my clients are doing right now in Florida, if you're going to just buy and hold, for legal liability reasons alone, I strongly urge you to have corporations set up in your name. Corporation set up in your name in the States. Yeah. All right. So that's within the States. You're setting up what, an LLC or what kind of a corporate structure? Yes. LLCs are tricky for Canadians. Yeah. Okay. They all are very common for Americans. And virtually every US girl you talk to will say, well, the first thing you do is you set up your LLC right. and you buy the property and it's all good. Well, it's all good for Americans. Yeah. Because the LLC, is treated as what's called a flow-through entity. And what that means is you have the legal liability protection against getting sued, so none of your personal assets are at risk. But when it comes to reporting the income, you flow it through, hence the name, to your personal tax return, and that's the only tax return you file. Very simple. Mm-hmm. does not work that way for Canadians because our friends at CRA and their infinite wisdom Treat that as a corporation. There's no such thing as a flow-through corporation in Canada. Mm, okay. So what happens is you pay tax at the corporate level, and you try to claim that at the personal tax level in Canada, and CRA won't let you do that. So what do we need to do instead? Instead, you have an intervening corporation. Typically, these days, it's a Wyoming C corporation. So that when you're flowing through that income and expenses, it flows through to the Wyoming C-Corp, which by being an American entity, 
avoids all those complications from being directly held by a Canadian. And you just file that one corporate tax return at the C corporation level. Okay. So now you're talking over a lot of our heads right now there, Michael. So dumbing it down for me and maybe one or two of our listeners. So does that mean we'd have to have two entities now or is this? That's right. So walk me through, which one do we get first? Which one owns which? Just for logistical reasons, you're always going to create the parent first, because how could the parent own the subsidiary company if it didn't exist yet? Okay. So which is the parent, the LLC or the Wyoming Corp? The Wyoming Corporation. Okay. So the way I've done it, many of my clients are in Ontario. So they set up an Ontario Corporation, Mm -hmm. which owns the Wyoming C-Corp which owns the LLC in the state they're investing in initially. And in this case, quite a few of them are in Florida. And that's the entity that takes title to the property. So it isolates the rest of their holdings from any legal liability. So a problem with one property can't take down all the other properties. All right. So let's see if I understand this, Michael. So job number one, we open up a Canadian corporation whatever province we're in, right? That would be the first thing. Then the Canadian corporation opens up a Wyoming C-Corp. That's right. And then we open up a an LLC in the state where we're doing the deal in, the state that the, the property is located, and that is owned by the Wyoming C-Corp, correct? That's right. Okay, cool. Got it. All right. So let's say just for simplicity's sake, because we can all get our head around this, we own a single family home that is a rental. That's that's what's held in that LLC, let's say in Florida for just for example, because you got lots of those. And let's say, you know, after the smoke clears, we're netting, I don't know, four hundred dollars a month cash flow. That'd be pretty good cash flow. Well, let's just for even numbers, let's say it's four hundred bucks a month. Right. That's that's what comes out in the wash. How does that come back to us in Canada? And how are we getting whacked by CRA and <laughs> IRS and, and everybody on that? Right. Well, based on where your property is located, you're going to get taxed in that location. Okay. Most states have a corporate income tax. There's a handful that don't. Mm-hmm. But in Florida, they, they definitely do. So you pay a state income tax. And all corporations in the states pay a federal income tax as well. Okay. So what's left over, so the federal rate's 21%, so maybe it's 25 to 28% all all together. The balance is now sitting in your C corporation, and you send that back by way of dividend to Ontario. Got it. So let's say we end up with... After we pay the taxes, we end up with 300 bucks a month net after taxes on that. And that's going to get sent back to Canada via the C-Corp in the way of a dividend. That's right. All right. Get it. There we go. Awesome. Thank you very much for explaining that. So sounds complicated and convoluted to those of us that that haven't done that. What are, and again, we're filming this right now, mid 2023, so we're not going to hold you to numbers or anything like that, but what are typical expenses 
we can be looking to to incur for number one, getting all of this stuff kind of set up, and number two, maintaining it or kind of kind of keeping it flowing around. And and I guess the the end question would be how many properties do we need to have in that LLC to make this worthwhile? Or what kind of revenue do we need to be generating for this to be a worthwhile endeavor? That's a fascinating idea. Hold that thought for a second. Hi there, this is Dave DeBow, and real estate investors hire me to raise capital the right way. Why? Because most of them are stuck with too small of a portfolio, and they don't know how to attract investors and raise money for their deals. So I help them to connect, capture, and close their ideal money partners. Bottom line, when you've got a deal, you're going to have the capital to do it. So go ahead and book a no-cost capital clarity session with me at bookachatwithdave.com. Again, that's bookachatwithdave.com. I would say that in terms of how many properties, part of that relates to your peace of mind requirement. I can Mm -hmm. give you a fairly good idea of the cost to set up structures and to maintain them, but I can't tell you what your peace of mind is worth. As an example, I put in a offer to purchase five homes in Ohio. The total asking price was 320,000 for all five. (laughs) (laughs) You you live in the GTA, so that's that's one half of your garage, baby. Yeah. So I would have no issue having all five properties in one LLC. Right. Given that the average single family home, which all these were in the Toronto area, are worth 1.5 million. Yeah. So that'd be seven and a half million. There's not a chance I would have all those in one company here. Right. So you have to decide what it's worth. Okay, well, let's let's forget that part. Let's focus on what's it going to cost us roughly to set all this stuff up from scratch. I'm assuming that's what you help people do is kind of strategize and plan out and and help them get everything set up and then maintain it and and all that kind of good stuff. Give me an idea of of what we're looking at, because, Michael, I've I've spoken to other people. And I mean, it's like anything. It's all over the place. Absolutely. But give me an idea of what this looks like. To set up the three corporations, so that's one in Canada and yep. two in the U.S., ballpark, you're looking at about $5,000. Okay, well, that's not too bad. And Can- Canadian. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I do caution you, though, that every quote you get for U.S. work will be in U.S. dollars. Of course it will. Yeah. And I don't think our American friends know there's any other currency. So. No. They- they won't tell you it's blah 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 US. They'll just say it's this much. Blah blah blah. Of course, which you know, <laughs> fair enough. All right, so five grand to set all that up, and then roughly, I mean, because there there must be some sort of. I know in, in Canada with my corporations, every year I've got filing fees and, right. and all this kind of stuff, and so give or take, what in a ballpark is the annual maintenance? You're looking at somewhere between twenty two and twenty five hundred dollars per year. And there is variance depending on which state, because each state's fees are a little bit different. Some it's very minimal mm-hmm. and some are very relatively expensive, which is one reason why I recommend Wyoming. Their fees are quite reasonable as say compared to Nevada, which. Which is what most people think of. They, we've heard of these Nevada corporations and all that kind of stuff. It's just too expensive. 
right? Hmm. Wyoming charges you $100, Nevada charges you $500 every year, and they keep raising their rates. Yeah. All right. So about $2,500 a year. So again, you kind of have to look at what are you going to have in this LLC? And and you mentioned it's all about peace of mind, but what's kind of your rule of thumb or your recommendation for your more active clients who are buying multiple properties or doing multiple deals? Let's say they're doing buy and hold. How many would you recommend or what would you recommend for total asset value within one LLC before you open up another one? It's exactly the latter point, which is the value. Yeah, That's what you need to focus on. See the example I mentioned with the Ohio properties. Yeah. The rule of thumb that I have my clients working with is it's somewhere between half a million and a million dollars worth of property value. At that point is when you want to open up a second entity to take title. Now, logistically, do we have to open up a whole new three series of corporations or just another LLC? I'm glad you asked that. The answer is no. All you need to set up is the last link in the chain, so to speak, which is the LLC. The Ontario Corporation or BC Corporation, whatever it is, the only thing it'll have in it are shares of the Wyoming Corporation. The only thing the Wyoming Corporation is going to have in it, you know, besides a bank account, will be ownership in the LLC. So multiple, and it could be multiple LLCs. It could be multiple ones in multiple states. You don't have to set up a new C Corp essentially ever. Hmm. And you can take and we keep using Florida, your Florida LLC and invest in Georgia with that. There's just one extra step. And I like this. They consider you to be a foreign corporation in Georgia if you're a Florida corporation. So you have to register as a foreign corporation to do business in Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, this is interesting stuff, Michael, that's for sure. Now, on a personal interest note, what do you recommend for your clients who are doing this i mean that this this is fine if you're if you're self financing your own deals everything's kind of within your name but how does it start to look or what do you recommend if you're starting to bring on joint venture partners in your deals what that that kind of throws a wrench in things so what would you recommend under those circumstances all that would happen is in the Last link in our chain here, what I call a triple C corporate structure, the LLC, rather than your Wyoming corporation having 100% ownership, it could have, say, 50% ownership, and your joint venture partner could have 50% ownership in that LLC. Now, from the joint venture partner's point of view, would they want to be getting set up with all of this stuff as well? For the flow through of, of profits, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that it's another Canadian. Okay. If they're another Canadian, then yes, they would want a parallel structure. Mm-hmm. If they're a U.S. joint venture, then it's not necessary. What they would do is likely have their own personal LLC, mm-hmm. which owns that 50% share in the LLC that holds the property. All right. So again, just kind of thinking this out. So let's say we were doing a larger project or a small multifamily or something like that. 
then then it would probably make more sense to just have one 3C vertical with the Canadians involved owning certain percentages of the Canadian corporation and then everything else flows through. So that way you're not having to go through the expense of setting this up for everybody. Does that make sense? Is that what you would do or what would you recommend? To quote my lawyer, (laughs) Joel Mexa, it depends. Yeah, 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 of course. It's an annoying answer when he says it, but I see the value of it when I use it myself. <laughs> yes, I understand. So bottom line, what what are your recommendations around that? Let's say, I don't know, for, you know, you're getting some friends, whatever together, everybody's pulling in some money and, and you got 500 grand or whatever to invest in some properties in the States. What are your thoughts there? Like one or two guys taking the lead, the other ones are more on the on the passive side. If you see it as an ongoing venture, as opposed to a, a single project that you'll then just finish and move on, then yes, they could come in at the Canadian corporation level. If, however, you're going to do some projects with these investors and some with others, mm-hmm. then that won't work because you'll be giving everybody ownership in every project. Right. Good point. Yeah. So that's why it depends, right? That's why it it depends. Yeah. So if you're getting started and you personally have this three corporation setup going, and then you're looking to do, you know, you've done a one, two, three deals on your own. Now you're looking to expand. Then it, if you've got a number of investors for a deal from Canada, then getting them set up, hmm, how would that work? Yeah, I guess you'd have to set up a completely separate vertical. I'm just walking through this in my own head as I'm talking this through there, Michael. Okay. Well, this is why it's so important to get appropriate legal and and financial advice before you go storming in. Yes. And if you don't, you could end up having thousands and thousands of dollars that are wasted on the wrong structure for your setup. Yeah, which really gets complicated after you've purchased the property within that setup, right? That screws things up even more so there. What are some of the other big challenges you see Canadians having investing down south, Michael? The other areas of concern are as much as we have in common with our American friends, it is an actual different country and there is going to be more paperwork involved. There's just no other way to say it. Yeah. And it is at times extremely complicated. So you're going to need some help with it. And then the the other issue is the fact that you can be dealing in US funds all the time. And it's one thing if you're moving perhaps five or ten thousand dollars in earnest money or you're putting a deposit on a property, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But when you're moving tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars then the exchange rate differential can really add up. And that's when you want to have at least a quote for an exchange trader. Mm, And the reason for that is they didn't have a better rate than your bank, at least most of the time. They'd have no reason to exist because that's all they do. (laughs) And to that end, I've made uh, a contact with an Edmonton-based exchange trader who helps Canadians invest in the U.S. all the time. And she's able to facilitate 
transfers of funds, say, even before your bank accounts are set up in the U.S., when perhaps you got to pay a contractor just for them to start on your job. And so having someone who's able to accomplish that for you can be very, very helpful. So, Michael, just another logistical nitpicky question. Is this all possible to set up from afar or do we actually have to go take a trip to Wyoming and then take a trip to the end state, wherever we're going to buy the property to set all this stuff up and especially bank account type things? It's at your option. All -hmm. this can be done remotely. All of this can be done in person. I won't kid you and say it's not going to take a bit longer if it's done remotely. That's just Mm -hmm. the nature of it. But especially over the last few years, it's been difficult to get across the border. People are still doing business. And I work with American CPAs whose focus of their business is working with real estate investors. And they can set up anything you need in any state that you want to invest in. And it's all done remotely. You just essentially fill out a form, slap on your credit card info, and they create the entities you need. It's really straightforward. There there you go. Hey, question for you, Michael. You're based in Ontario. Most of your clients are in Ontario. However, are you able to help people out from across our great nation? Absolutely. I have clients in BC and Alberta and can help basically anyone because they have a very common set of issues when they're dealing with U.S. investment. Right. So the the corporation doesn't need to be set up in Ontario. It can be BC, Alberta, wherever you are. Get that part done. Cool. Michael, this is always fascinating. Time flies when we're talking finance. (laughs) When we're talking talking accounting and corporate structure. But you know what? This is is really interesting. So people want to connect with you, find out more about you and your services. What should they do and where should they go? Sure. I can be reached at the email address, Michael at askmichael.ca. Is that a good website for people to go to? It's just an email address. Ah, okay. So what's your, what's your website? My website is www.mmcpaca.com. It's just my initials and my designation. It makes a lot more sense. Once you know where it's coming from. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little marketing tip here, my friend. Have askmichael.ca forward to that weird long one. It's just a much better, more easily memorable URL. That's for sure. But there you go. I'll make sure we put that in the, the show notes as well, Michael. And hey, this is great. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your your insights, your knowledge, your your experience working with a lot of Canadians investing down south and and having somebody on board, because it sounds like you're doing this yourself. You've got investments in the in the U.S. yourself. Is that correct? Right now, I'm looking okay. for a small apartment building in Texas because it's a landlord-friendly state. So that's Makes my sense. focus. Plus the ones you're looking at in Ohio as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah the ones that you can buy for half the price of half your garage. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, Michael. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com.
investorattractionbook.com. Again, investorattractionbook.com. Take care.